Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. First Corinthians 13. Holy Spirit, would you, who inspired and protected the Word, would you anoint that Word by your life, the very Word that is, that is full of life and power. We may receive it and open our hearts to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle writes about gifts of the Holy Spirit. We call these, or I do at least, uh, and others, manifestation gifts. Those are gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 12, there is a list of spiritual gifts that, are, that come from God. They are part of your spiritual genetics. We call those motivation gifts. What is it that motivates you spiritually? Motivation gifts, Romans 12 manifestation gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, and then there's the office gifts of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, apostles, past, pastors, and teachers, prophets, evangelists. Uh, those are life-giving, life-supporting callings called office gifts. They are given by the Son manifestation gifts by the Spirit, and motivation gifts by the Father. Did you get that? Well, we'll teach that at another time. But after his discussion on the manifestation gifts, Paul says in chapter 13, something is greater than the gifts. In fact, you can have all these gifts, but if you're lacking something it means nothing. None of the gifts are as vital as what he's about to say. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, you can have the gift of tongues, and you know that tongues are, are in two parts. One is the public edification of tongues with interpretation. The other is the manifestation, the manifestation of spiritual language in prayer by which the mind is unfruitful, but the spirit is exercised. So there's a, a long discussion and teaching about all that, but let's stay with our course here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, I, that's not a badge for me. If I do not have love, all that language is sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. It's just an annoyance without love. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I want to remind you, chapter 14, verse 1 says that we should desire the gift of prophecy. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, I may have that, that, that spiritual discernment gift, prophecy gift, and though I have the gift of faith, so I can just speak to mountains and they move, but if I don't have love, 
I am nothing. Isn't it interesting how we tend to pursue those powerful things instead of the love of God? And though, verse 3, I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I can have the gift of giving, and though I give my body to be burned, I can even have the assignment of martyrdom. But if I don't have love, even that incredible act profits me nothing. Wow. Then as we saw last time when we studied, let's review it just a minute. Love suffers long. We don't like to think of love involving suffering. But the deeper you love, the greater capacity there is for suffering. If you don't love somebody, they're not going to hurt you that badly. But if you deeply love, there's pain involved just by human relationships. The deeper you love, the greater capacity there is for suffering. Some of you stay up at night, in the middle of the night, praying for your children. If you didn't love them, you wouldn't be suffering at 3 a.m. Amen. Love is willing to suffer long and not pull the plug. (laughs) Hallelujah. Unfortunately, the culture and even the church just wants to Comfort just doesn't want to have to suffer anything. That is not an accurate biblical teaching of those of us who know and follow Jesus. It hurts. (laughs) Love is eventually going to hurt you. But it's worth it because God's very nature is love. God says, if you, if you don't love one another, you don't even know who I am. Love suffers long. It's kind. It's not bullying. It is gracious and cordial and considerate. It does not envy. See, real love, it's agape in the Greek. It is the love of God. Where is that love? God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. The love of God, Romans 5, 5, is poured out in your heart as a believer by the Holy Spirit. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, God is love. He's motivated by, characterized by, unconditional, unrelenting love. There is no fear in love, perfect love. Cast out fear. That kind of love is secure. How many of you know if you really love somebody, you won't be afraid of them? There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. If you truly love them, you won't be afraid of them. Love does not parade itself. It doesn't call attention to itself. 
It's not always talking about how much love I have. Others will see it. You don't have to parade it. It's secure. It's not pretentious in any way. It's not puffed up. That means it is not arrogant. Love is not, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about loving each other and loving the world and loving people, but they, they come across with great arrogance that those two are not, they're not congruous. Love is not arrogant. It does not behave in a rude way. Have you noticed how demanding our culture has become? What about me and you? When you leave here and you go to lunch, how do you treat those who serve you? Do you treat them like inferior, almost slaves? Do you talk to them in a rude way? Are you acting like you're the center of the universe and if they fail you, shame on them? That's kind of in your face today, isn't it, bud? We're... We've got to take stock of ourselves, people, because we represent the God of love. And there's kindness. There is considerate behavior that goes along with that love. Believe me, the world is watching us. The world knows by now. They haven't really got revelation of it. But a lot of the world knows by now that there's nothing that is going to fix things in the natural realm. Politicians can't fix it. Force can't fix it. Nobody can fix it but something internal in the heart of man. And it begins with revelation of the love of God. The love of God. The violation of the love of God is at the root. A failure to receive the love of God is at the root of such unbelievable, despicable things like happened in Uvalde, Texas. Or a demon-controlled teenager. Could violently murder little children. And 20 of those mass shootings this year. You can't legislate an end to that. It's in the heart of people. It's in the heart of people. And a failure to understand and know and come to grips with the love of God makes us open to all kind of behavior that is devil-influenced. The Word of God says that judgment must begin in the house of God.
The issue is in the heart. The issue is in the heart. And until and unless we come to grips with the living reality of the love of God, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. It is in the heart. And it's a connection to the love of God that we need. Love does not act pretentiously or arrogantly, and it does not rejoice in iniquity. What does that mean? Does not rejoice in iniquity. If I'm really operating in the love of God, I don't secretly rejoice when somebody fails or gets hurt. Because they've been created in the image and likeness of God too. So if I am secretly rejoicing, if I secretly like to see somebody that I don't care for their opinions, when I secretly like to see them fail or suffer injury, I got a problem. That's a violation of the love of God. Some people hurt me deeply, deeply, deeply several years ago. Many, many years ago. Her Dina and I, it was rough. And if you've lived long enough on this earth, life's going to run over you at some point, right? <laughs> it's how you respond that makes the difference. And I went before the Lord almost immediately, and I, I, I came right before the Lord, and I said, Lord, not because I want to, but because as your follower, I have to. I forgive them in the name of Jesus. That's not an elective for a believer. <laughs> That's not an elective. We can't receive and embrace the forgiveness of God if we think that we can receive that wonderful forgiveness but deny it for other people. That's not going to cut it. Right? So I said, Lord, I forgive them in the name of Jesus. I forgive them. I release them to you. Forgive them for they really don't know what they're doing. That's a scriptural prayer, isn't it? And it wasn't because I was just so wonderful that day, Scott. It's because I sure did want some relief on this thing. You ever pray and uh, do the right thing because you want some relief? Well, you got there, didn't you? <laughs> but boy, days and weeks went by, even months, and I just couldn't shake this. Man, I had such a deep pain in my heart. I, I, it just wouldn't go away. I mean, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind all the time, but there was a... Joe, a deep bruise. You know what a deep bruise is? You ever had a deep bruise? You don't feel it all the time, but sometimes when it gets touched just right, it'll light you up, right? So I said to the Lord, 
I forgave them a long time ago. I was out on a, on a walk doing some exercise, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. The Holy Spirit very gently spoke to me, and he said, yes, you did, and that's good. I said, well, why is it that I don't seem to be able to get over it? You know what I mean? You can release something, but you just can't get over it. <laughs> Three of us know what that feels like. I know you know. So um, the Holy Spirit said to me, you have forgiven them, and that's good. I require that. But I told you to bless your enemies. Oh, wait. What was that? I don't think I heard that. I told you to bless your enemies and pray for those who misuse you. Uh Uh-oh. And I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you, Georgia. That took me a minute. That got my attention, Otis. I thought, Lord, I don't know if I can do that. And the Lord said to me, I told you to do it, and I will give you the strength to do it. All you got to do is be willing to obey me. I said, well, Lord, I don't really feel it. He said, you don't have to. You just do what I told you to do. If you wait till you feel it, you're not going to get there. How many of you know if you wait on your feelings, you won't get there? Crowd's increasing. We, we got 10 on that one. So I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do that. He said, well, you just do it, and I'll give you the strength. So I begin to bless these men, and I begin to bless their family. I begin to bless their business. I begin to bless their health. I begin to bless their finances. It was not fun. I didn't even want to, but something happened that day. I got free. I wasn't carrying them anymore. Those deep bruises on my soul were gone. Just be willing to do what the Lord tells you. And if you will be willing to do it, He will give you the grace, the strength, the ability to do it, even when you don't feel like it, and God will turn things around. We cannot rejoice in iniquity, that is, somebody else getting injured or hurt and walk in love. So I'm going to ask you something now. These people that you see on TV that you don't even like the sound or the sight of them. Would you go before the Lord and say, you know, secretly I really want them to fail. Secretly I really would rejoice if they got hurt. You better watch it now. That's not operating in the love of God. We're either going to be the church or we're not. Bears all things. Verse 7, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. 
How many of you know that if we will operate in love, we can fail, but love will not fail. Do you know love will bear witness when you don't even know what to say? Do you know that when there is a rift and there, whatever it is, if you will stay in a position of love, love will keep working and never fail. Love's not going to fail. And it'll work when nothing else will. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, that which is perfect is when we see Him face to face and know Him in His fullness. Whether that be through our exit, through physical death, or whether His return, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away with. You're going you're gonna to know exactly how you are known by God. When you see the Lord, all mysteries will be resolved. Hallelujah. All situations will be resolved. So let's remember this, that love is the primary way we know the Lord. You know what, what did Jesus say? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have the right doctrine, no. If you go to the right church, no. If you live in America, no. If you support the right candidates, no. By this shall all men know that you're really my disciple if you have love for one another. Not just some syrupy feeling, but that love is defined by what we've read and seen in these verses. And all of us have work to do. Oh, yes, we do. Nobody in here has perfect love. We're growing in it. I said, we're growing in it. It's a journey, not an event. That love's been poured out in our heart, but for us to walk in the full revelation of the Spirit is a journey. A journey. Remember this, folks. Holding on to, nursing hurts, imagining how you can get back at somebody or make them pay is going to sap every bit of the energy you have. It'll wear you out. Surrender to the love of God. Decide to see as He sees. His Spirit and His grace will help you. How many of you will say, Lord Jesus, say it with me. Lord Jesus, I want greater revelation of the love of God. Amen. Amen. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.